Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am so delighted you guys are here with us today. We have a very special guest with us. Today we have with us Miss Tina Irwin. She is the creator of The Crossing Over Prayer, and she's also author of the books Ghost Stories from the Ghost Point of View, Volumes 1 through 3. And today she's here to talk to us about how we can help our departed loved ones cross over easier. And um, I know that she also had an example with her own brother and how she helped him to cross over. So I can't wait to get to meet her and listen to everything that she is doing today to help people help their own loved ones cross over. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Tina. Thank you so much, Melissa, for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you to be here too. I'm so excited that um, we cross paths and that you um, express interest on sharing your story with us. And before you start telling us um, how you created this crossing over prayer, I would love it if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. When did you first realize that you had gifts that you were able to see spirit? I was seven and my Siamese died. She was my best friend. She was hit by a car and apparently whoever hit her was sad. So they put her body in the driveway. Well, for weeks I could see her ghost and my mother thought I was imagining it, but little kids can't make these things up. They tell you what they see, they're, they're not dishonest. And that was my first inkling into, I could see things other people couldn't, at least my mom couldn't. And then as time went on, you know, other little things started to happen, but my abilities didn't really take off till I joined the Navy and I went to my first duty station and I met my husband while well, I was engaged to somebody else. <laughs> and uh, from then on, it's like somebody opened a door and I could, I had an attempted possession. I could see the future. I had these incredible recurring dreams and premonitions. And then we were in Italy and I, you know, I could feel the dead were, you know, in certain places, not a hundred percent, because an awful lot of people died in Europe. But more and more it began to happen and more and more premonitions. And then in, when we moved back to South Carolina, I moved to Charleston. I We moved into an 18-month-old house, new house. It was profoundly haunted. And then the neighborhood was haunted. And the ground was haunted. It was astounding. And so I set about learning how to cross over all of these souls that were coming to me but it wasn't until we eventually moved to san diego that more things began to happen where i could actually learn how to cross over the dead took a while do you like in doing your work have you maybe come to learn why certain spirits are stuck here on earth and haven't crossed over I think that's an excellent question. And each of us are unique as people. Well, our deaths are equally unique. Maybe people, all these people, different people drop dead, but somebody else, you know, thousands of people die of cancer or accidents or plane crashes. But for that person, it's unique. For instance, we have lost um, 
Turkey has lost over seven, Turkey and Syria, over 7,000 people have just died in Turkey with that earthquake. Well, those people were sound asleep and the next thing they realized they're dead because the building collapsed on them and they were dead instantly. For them, they keep waiting for the dawn to come. They don't know they're dead. They have no idea. And this puts a whole different light on something. If you were murdered, then a lot of times your murderer, whether that person's living or dead, can haunt you to the point it's very difficult to cross over. If you're a child, you have no idea what to do when death comes. You see that light, but you don't know what you're supposed to do. And religions other than the Tibetans really don't advise people, okay, when you take your last breath, this is the steps. This is what's going to happen. This is what you should do. This is what you should look for. And there's going to be help for you. But an awful lot of people, I would say the vast majority of people don't know. Now, there are people who, who have had near-death experiences and they can hardly wait. Man, when that light comes, they are just a vapor trail. But for, but for others, others see relatives and they come for them and they just walk away with their relatives. I would love to tell you that's true for 100% of people, but all over the world, there are ghosts. People have known about this for thousands of years. Something has happened that's caused them not to cross over. And that's really what my work is about, is giving everyone who wants to be helpful a tool where you don't have to pay a psychic to talk to your loved one. You can help them in the privacy of your own home or space. I love that. Now, when did you start, when did you develop this prayer, this crossing over prayer? Well, I've been crossing over the dead for a long time, but I dropped my iPhone. And so I was going to the Apple store at the mall and I was early. So I went across to a super high-end handbag store and my first ghost book had just come out and I had, um, book cards. So I was talking to the manager and we're chatting and I handed her a book card. And she said, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe it. This store is so haunted. We see racks moving and stuff falls and we feel like we're being watched and nobody wants to open the store. Can you clear the store? I said, sure, no problem. I said, so I cleared the store. I said, your racks are moving because you've got these two women who, who shop till they drop. They were eventually in an accident and they came back and continued shopping. You have several homeless people who love looking at pretty women. And so I cleared all that. I said, if you have any more problems, here's my card. Let me know. And a couple of days later, she said, I can feel like those people are gone, but we have new people. What can I do? And I said, you know what? I'm going to sit down and write a prayer. And I'm going to ask you if you would beta test it for me. Because, you know, when you try something, you need to know if it works. So she said, oh, my gosh, all of us will be your beta testers because she was the manager of the store. So she had spiritually the jurisdiction to agree to that. So I sat down and I wrote it and I felt like I had a lot of guidance, guidance from the higher realms. And I tweaked it a little bit. And one of the things you will notice when you look at this prayer is that it says, in stanza after stanza right now, because in the fourth dimension where ghosts reside, there's no time, there's no space. They travel with the speed of thought because they're not encumbered by 
the physicality of a physical body. And so she beta tested it. I made one or two more tweaks and that's what it's been since 2012. And it works for her. Then I uh, did a radio show in Belgium not long after that. And that show host beta tested it walking battlefields throughout Belgium and saying it over and over. And he would hear these, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank yous. You know, so many soldiers just have no idea that the war ended or the battle ended or that they died. And it's the, it's the, this is the compassion every one of us will want for ourselves, this gentle kindness and the warmth of the light, which embraces you with this power of love that seeps into every cell in your being, every atom that is your essence and fills you with this love and this light and then provides you with guidance and if you had an arduous life, you don't come back right away. You might have 150 or a thousand years before you, earth-timed years before you come back. So that's how the prayer came to be. And it's been used all over the world now. It makes sense because I know many people, when they are surrounding their loved ones who are actively dying, they will hold their hand and comfort them and tell them it's okay to let go and it's okay to go and look for the light. So it makes sense that you've created this because not everybody had somebody there telling them, as you said before, this is what you need to do. You need to go look for the light or you need to go be with so-and-so. And I love that you've created this so that anybody can help someone cross over. Do you feel like um, certain areas tend to have more earthbound beings than others? Well, yes. Let's say the Pacific Northwest, which is where I live right now, has a fraction of them. Let me back up. Let me rephrase. Let me start again. We have something called stacks of time which is a fascinating concept. I wish I had invented it, but it comes from a, a, a man who's a PhD in architecture by the name of Dr. Ibrahim Karim. He started something called biogeometry and he's one of my heroes. And I studied with him on and off for years. And he talks about stacks of time and you have predecessor energy in all these stacks of time. And when you go to a certain area, this deja vu, well, maybe you lived in that stack of time, could be a thousand years ago. You, you don't even know for sure. So let's say Charleston, South Carolina, which has had so much war in, and I mean, you have the Revolutionary War and the War of 1812 and the Civil War and on and on and in slavery and plantations. So you have stack after stack after stack of violent times. In violent times, fewer people cross over. If people die, a, a person you know, dies a peaceful death, if everyone lived a hundred years, they were ready for death, they looked for the light, wouldn't be any such thing as ghosts. But because of so much predecessor energy, people not knowing that they're dead or, or denying death. I had a ghost in Virginia Beach 
who was in love with a homeowner. She died at the end of, she died in, I think it was May of 1865. And she was so angry that she lived through the war and then died of jaundice. She knew she was dead. She knew the light came, came for her repeatedly. She says, I'm not leaving. I'm in love with this guy um, who's got this house or I'm just going to stick with my daughters. She says, you know, one by one, my daughters all died and they went into that pesky light, but not me. She was arrogant to the end. So I crossed her over. So some people don't want to cross over. They like being here. That's another factor. Hmm. That's really interesting. I've never thought about somebody not wanting to go into the light. You always usually hear that ghosts just don't realize, as you said before, that they're dead or that they don't realize that there is a light. But not being stubborn and not going into it, that's really interesting. I've never heard that before. <laughs> but you I had a madam. Yeah. I had a, a madam at a, a bar in uh in the 1800s in Los Angeles. And she, she knew she was dead, but by God, she was going to haunt everybody for <laughs> eternity. <laughs> I can't imagine. And I'm sure they make quite a presence. You know, they probably make their presence known since they're staying there and, and wanting to, you know, continue to be in the place where they were before they died. Well, that's why I was called because the couple couldn't stop fighting. When they after they moved into that particular apartment, all they did was fight. And they realized when they were not in the apartment, they weren't fighting. And they said, "There's something wrong here, but we, you know, it's beyond our capacity." That was up an interesting point. I was going to ask you that. Do you find that when people have energies in their home, like spirits or whatever, um, do they attract certain things for those people? But you kind of answered that when you said that these people were fighting all of the time and it was because the spirit was there. So people will, if they have something in their home, it can affect the way that they behave and the way that they feel. It can be even more dynamic than that. I've had several individuals who were caregivers for someone who died of cancer. Well, the person who died was so sad that they'd been a burden to the, the person who took care of them that they didn't want to leave them. So the resonance, the, the caregiver is now in resonance with this person with cancer and they developed the same cancer. Wow. And then, and if you remove the ghost, then the cancer can clear up like that. But it's even more dynamic with suicide. I hope that's all right to discuss. Sure. There was a, a client in South Africa who's having trouble with relationships and her business was failing and she had suicidal ideation. And but she couldn't figure out why. Well, upon review, you know, you know, you, you ask a million questions of the individual if you're working with them. 17 family members were standing with her. They all took their own lives. Oh my gosh. 17 suicides in that family. Oh my gosh. So all 17 crossed over. Well, it's like someone pulled this black curtain away and the sun came out. She had a relationship. She got married. Her business took off. She felt like a million dollars and she never, she thought, why did I want to kill myself? Life is great. 
that's how dynamic it can be when you don't cross someone over. Wow. That is so interesting. I've never heard of anything like that before, but wow. And 17 suicides, my gosh. Well, if you look at it from the point of view that a suicide is a person who takes their own life is always sorry. I've crossed over thousands and thousands of them. They're always sorry. And they thought it was going to be so much better, but it isn't. So they go hang around their relatives. Well, an awful lot of impressionable, grieving, depressed family members then become in resonance with this ghost and then they take their lives. I mean, I've seen this happen where you have two or three suicides within two to three years of each other, which is staggering for the family. That's why in the Crossing Over Prayer book and on ghosthelpers.com, my website, you will see the compassion prayer for suicide. And then in the Crossing Over Prayer book, there is another prayer that a family member can continue to send to their loved one in the heaven world makes a huge difference in your grieving process. It helps you to heal. And a lot of times you can't tell if your grief is your grief or the person who died, if it's their grief, because the dead grieve. They grieve so much. Now, when you say that, are you talking only about spirits who are stuck here on earth? Or you're just talking about all spirits grieve once they die. I'm talking about if you lived 105 years and <clears throat> you see the light and you see your relatives, you know, you're out of here. But if you were, if you were in a car accident and you're 35 years old and you've got two to three kids uh, I've, I've had this situation where someone said, oh, a friend of mine is on the side of the road and they're, you know, she was sideswiped and can you, I can feel that she's still there. Can you help her? And I have to tell her that I, she says, look, because I'm remote viewing and I'm projecting to the location. I'm not physically going there. I said, I hate to tell you this, but you died and and the, without exception they'll say oh no 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 i can't be dead you have to understand i have a nail appointment or i'm seeing my hairdresser i got a kid's birthday party on saturday and then i'm meeting with i have this big me business meeting next week i can't be dead i have too much to do and then you take a deep breath and say I'm so sorry do you see your car over there you you died in that accident and it's over. And this angel I brought in to assist you, it's going to cross you over into that beautiful light. And what happens is the person goes into a sort of, I don't know, spiritual shock when you cross them over and they're, they're sad. They're so sad. And they'll say, but I had a life. Isn't that verbatim what Patrick Swayze says in the movie ghost? He sees the light. He doesn't go. And after he's murdered, he's still running after the perpetrator. He doesn't realize he's died until he looks over and sees his, his girlfriend and his body. And he goes, I had a life. I had a life. I've heard that a million times. This is why this issue of compassion is so important. 
And would you recommend if let's say anyone out there is listening has had a loved one who's crossed over in a tragic way or they were very young or both, would you recommend that people say this prayer no matter what, just to help their loved one? Yes, I would say it immediately because the, the shorter time in the fourth dimension, the better for them. And I, I can't, I can't reiterate that, but let's say that your loved one died and you're really conscientious. You don't want to hold them here. You want them to find the light of the divine. And you don't remember this prayer. You can say the 23rd Psalm and you say it over and over and over. And you tell them, go into the light. Listen to this Psalm. Lo, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. And just say it over and over and over. And then this light starts to appear. And so I want to be extremely clear about that. And that Psalm exists in virtually every faith in the world. It's not just the Christian faith. Lots and lots of people have some version of it. Lots and lots of faiths, I mean. And I watched a video clip of you talking about, um, and I hope it's okay to bring up your own brother's passing. And he had asked you what happens when you die. So in your own words, what happens to people when they die? Well, whether you die instantaneously or you fall into a coma and then you eventually flatline and you're in a hospital and your family's with you. Not everyone has that benefit. But what happens is, and the Tibetans describe this beautifully in the Tibetan book of living and dying. So if anyone wants to say, well, where did she get that? That's where this description comes from. The vital heat begins to leave the body. <clears throat> this is just a casing. And we are attached, we as souls are attached to the mortal frame through something called the silver cord. And that silver cord is attached in the heart because the seed atom of the soul lives in the heart. And that's how if you astral project or you travel in the dream time, the silver cord is pretty amazing. It tethers you to your physical body. Well, let's say that you're traveling in your sleep and a building falls on you, which has certainly happened in Turkey today. You don't know you're dead. And, and so your silver cord is cut and you can't get back in your body. So as if you're dying slowly, all the vital heat starts to leave the extremities. Then it's the organs, like someone shutting off the lights in a building. All of the organs start to shut down. And the body starts saying, okay, it's time to go. The body starts to shut down. And as the body shuts down, the last thing that shuts down is the heart. And a lot of times people are already traveling. They've, they've stepped outside of their body and they can see their body. Sometimes you're seeing their body in the hospital room. Sometimes all of this happens suddenly in an accident. Some people see their body at the accident site, not everyone. And they have a lot of feelings and then they feel someone who's thinking about them and they travel with a speed of thought. They're not encumbered with a mortal frame anymore. It's not, they're not heavy. There's a lightness. They can, they ricochet among all their family members. 
When my mother died in North Carolina, I knew she was dead because she was in my kitchen. I could see her and she said goodbye. And then she was off to see one of my, you know, my sister or my other brother. So when my brother died, I knew he was dying. So I had already set him up with angels surrounding him to care for him and to already, shall we say, look after, monitor his mortal soul. And as and I watched him flatline. I mean, I knew it was not like I didn't know it was coming. And within, you know, a couple seconds, I had I'm watching the teams and, and he crossed right over. It was quite the welcome. He was an amazing man. And it was it was a really positive thing to do. And so what happens when you die is that the body shuts down, the soul exits the body, and it has to go somewhere. And if if we look at the second law of thermodynamics, which is energy is neither created nor destroyed, then that which is the energy that animates each of us cannot be destroyed. We have to have that energy go somewhere. It enters the fourth dimension, no time, no space, no gravity, as a step-up transformer to enable us to find the light and move into the heaven world or the fifth dimension. And, and if you see the light and you immediately go into it and it embraces you, it's so fabulous, and then you're gone and it reduces the grief your family has because they're not feeling your grief too. So that's a kind of a, a rough idea of what happens. That's really fascinating. Um, an interesting, interesting. Um, just to think about, I think it's hard for our human brains to wrap around that idea of what happens to us as we go. But you have so much experience with this. So you've written several books about your own experiences with crossing ghosts over, but from the ghost point of view, tell us a little bit about that. Well, everyone writes ghost stories because they love the spine tingling fear of what happens. And, but no one understands what is it like from the ghost viewpoint? If you're that ghost, what is it like for you? What are you feeling? What are you experiencing? And I, every time I do one of these, I talk to my daughter or my daughter's-in-law and, you know, they each said, I've got to write this down. And you've got to tell these stories. So I started to do that. I wrote 63 of them in those three volumes and there's still more. I, um, I crossed over a little girl um, last fall and she was harassing my grandson. He's, he was like 18 months and he was crying. And so my daughter-in-law calls and said, I think there's something here. So I, you know, remote viewed the house and there's this little girl. And she's about seven. And I said, hi, sweetie, how come you're harassing Jack? And she said, I just like to make him cry. I just pinch him. <laughs> and I said, well, um, how did you get here? And she said, well, I followed his sister home from school. So his sister's uh, seven. So I said, okay. And I said, where's your mommy? And she said, I go by mommy, but mommy just keeps crying. And I don't understand. And I said, sweetie, what's the last thing you remember? And she said, I'm swinging. I was swinging and swinging. I was swinging so high. And I said, sweetie, did you let go? 
She said, I did. I just let go so I could fly like a bird. And then I'm standing next to mommy and she's crying. I don't understand what happened. And so I said, well, do you see this little angel? She said, yes. I said, well, this angel is going to take your hand and see that beautiful light there. There are some people who are waiting for you. And so she just, you know, went skipping into the light and Jack went to sleep. <laughs> so, it wow. was, so that was her viewpoint. She didn't, she was just bored. Yeah. She would go home with a different child every day. And she happened to go home <laughs> with my granddaughter and end up getting crossed over. A good thing she did go home with your granddaughter. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that is so fascinating. Wow. So if we have people out there listening who are interested in learning this prayer uh, so that they can help their loved ones, or maybe they just want to get a hold of your books because they are so fascinating, the stories that you have, what is the best way for them to do that? Well, all my books are on Amazon, but if you want to see the collection of the eight books, they are on ghosthelpers.com and there is a tab that says books. And then you can see them and six of the eight are audiobooks. So I'm still working on the last two. <laughs> and the last book that I completed was the Crossing Over Prayer book. And there are all kinds of prayers for a variety of occasions. Awesome. And we will have the link in the show notes too. So if anyone wants to go there, they're certainly welcome to do that. But you have so much information and so many resources out there. I love that. I just want to thank you so much for uh, everything that you're doing because it is so needed right now. It is. We have too many people dropping dead and their families go into shock and maybe you can help them. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing your stories. They're so fascinating and I can attest that her books are also fascinating because I was fortunate enough to be able to read part of some of your books. So I encourage everyone to go and check those out. They're available on Amazon and also go check out her website because the crossing over prayer. I mean, what a beautiful gift that someone can give to help their loved one make the transition easier. Yes, awesome. it is. It is the compassion each and every one of us will want for ourselves. Yes. Melissa, thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah. Really appreciate Thank you this so much. I am so happy you were here with us today. And this was such a fascinating conversation. Keep shining your light and doing what you do. And thank you again for being here with us. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. And I want to thank all of you for being here with us today as well. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. Join me over on Patreon and you can see the video of this podcast today. And you'll also get a lot of added bonus content. We do live card readings on Mondays and we also do live master classes each month. It is a lot of fun. It's a great place to have community, meet amazing people who love and support you. We'd love to have you over there. And you can get a free seven-day trial now if you go and join. I hope that you guys have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. As always, I am sending you so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.